Alright, so here's the deal. Tonight we're changing some stuff. And uh, I'm pumped. I hope you're pumped. Uh, I want to take you guys on a journey. Okay? I've, been, I've been somewhere for the last three months. And uh, it's been a nerve-wracking journey. And I want you guys to know, before we start, that where I've been scared me. That's why I was on the video today. And scared me because we're going to kill something so something else can work better. And uh, it's scary because what's been working well and what some of you guys have told me that you enjoy the most about our student ministry uh, is about to be done. And we're about to, to invest in something different. Uh, if that's not scary to some of you, then, then, uh, then you probably aren't very connected or you probably uh, don't care about this student ministry. And that's, that's up to you. Uh, but some of you are very invested in student ministry. Some of you have uh, put 100% of your life into Jesus and serving Him through this youth ministry and learning about Him through this, this youth ministry. How many of you were like baptized here? Just curious. Okay. How many of you got saved here? Like, you made a decision for Christ at all. You made any decision for Christ at all, like to rededicate your life. Okay. Uh, a lot of us have investment in, in, in this. Okay. So, so allow me to know uh, that, that I know that what we're about to go through is scary. And uh, if you'll trust me, as I trust God and what He's doing in us, uh, we'll go forward. Okay? So, to start off, here's what I, I, here's, this is just a very important figure that you guys need to know. 7,800. 7,800. How many, how many think they know what that figure means? Take a wild guess. Teenagers in Slim County. At least. At least. Those are the numbers reported from the school today. 7,800. Actually, there were a little more than that. And they gave us a lot of round numbers, so it may not be exactly that, but we're going to stick with that. 7,800 students in Saline County. Now, how many of you, I'm, I'm not busting anybody out, how many of you have been to another church in Saline County? Whether you liked it, didn't like it, you've been to another church in Saline County. A lot of us, almost all of us. There are a lot of churches that we've even partnered with in the past. Uh, that are reaching teenagers. We're reaching teenagers. But I would venture to say, uh, based on some research I've done with them, okay, and I haven't talked to all the churches because there's a bunch of churches that I haven't, I haven't, you know, I don't know are even there. There's some back in the backwoods that are reaching teenagers. But here's what I'm just going to take a guesstimate, okay? I'm just going to allow me some liberty. A thousand. What does that, what does that mean? The amount of teenagers that we're reaching together. And that is based on numbers that I've received in the last month from youth pastors in Saloon County. About 10 of them. And we paired our, 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 our heads and we got thinking about this. Okay? And by the way, they don't have anything to do with this, but we did some research together because we wanted to know. And actually another youth pastor emailed me and he wanted to know. Okay? So, that leads... Teenagers that are not being reached for Christ at all. Okay? Now, if we're going to talk percentages and that helps you, that helps me, we're looking at 12, I'm sorry, 12.8%. Ha 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 ha, no eraser here. 12.8% of the teenagers in Saline County are being reached, okay? And maybe more are being saved, maybe more have a relationship with Christ. A lot of them have a church background. Now, automatically, hearing that they have a church background is a good thing, right? Thank you. Thank you. Oh, man. Any more? Okay. <laughs> Let's see how this works. You guys like this man? Here's the problem. The research that's been done 
says that 43% of the teenagers in Saline County have a church background. Here's the problem with that. Why is this number not higher? Because the rest of the 43%, whatever, 31% or so, decided to leave the church. Okay? So having a church background isn't necessarily a good thing in this situation. Because these people are the only ones that are actively involved in a church today. Okay? Now, that should mess us up a little bit. So what, so what do we do with that? Uh, here's, here's what bugs me a little bit. Is that I know that some of them care about God. I know that some of them have a church background. And we're not doing anything to help. Okay? Let me talk about vision for a second. Uh, we are, our youth ministry has always had very strong vision for the lost. Okay, So we have spent a lot of time, a lot of energy, spending time going after those who are far from God. Okay, If you don't know, does anyone like know the vision statement of our students? Okay, that's, that's my fault. That's my fault. Okay. Uh, our vision statement, okay, our goal, our mission is to reach or to help those students to know and grow in Christ. Okay? So here's what the deal is. We want students to know Christ, right? And that's why we've been doing this service, actually. We want people to come to know Christ for the first time. We want them to come to faith. We want them to learn that Jesus is good and that He has a plan for their life. And then, it's not just over at that point. Some of us in here, and this should make some of you sit in your seats, you have stayed on Wednesday night at the surface level. Okay? And we have said in the past, we need you to go to small groups to grow. Okay? And that maybe not is happening in your life. Or maybe it's not happening consistently. But here's one part, and here's the second part. Okay? want teenagers to know and grow in Christ. We've always had that vision. So what happens on Wednesday night has always been for students to know in Christ. What has happened on Sunday morning for students to grow in Christ? Okay, I need you guys to like participate because this is crazy. This is a three-month journey, like I said. I know some of you are excited about it. Know and grow. Alright, I like that. Okay? Five years ago, this winter, we opened this youth building, and I say we, I wasn't actually here. Okay? A lot of youth workers were here, a lot of youth students were here. How many of you students were here when, when they renovated and they, they released this big like game room? It was awesome. How many raise your hands? Ooh, not a lot of us. Okay, a lot of us are younger. How many of us are just in middle school right now? How many of you are freshmen? Does that tell you something, by the way? How many uh, sophomores, juniors, and seniors? Raise your hand. We have a young group. We have a young group, okay? So here's the deal. In 2005, this building was opened. The average attendance when this building was opened and renovated was, how many know? 300, okay? And that might, might be 296, okay? Give me a little liberty. There's about 300 kids coming to this thing to the point where there wasn't enough chairs in this building to house them. Okay? We talked about this time last year about all that. Remember we showed the picture? Some of you are here for that. Remember the change we need series we did like a year ago? That was, uh, that was a year ago. That's a long time. Time flies when you're having fun. Okay, so 2001. How many know what happened in 2001? I graduated high school. <laughs> okay? That's almost 10 years ago. Almost 10 years ago, I graduated high school. Do you know what youth ministry was like when I was in high school? You don't, because you weren't there. You were like watching, uh, I don't know, Barney? <laughs> Teletubbies? No, we're not Teletubbies, not in the church. Okay, 2001, I was in high school, okay? I went to a youth ministry of about 50 students when I was in high school. Okay? And what happened was, this church back then, and my community was super boring. All of them were boring. Okay? There wasn't like the more interesting one, or the more exciting one, or the more fun one. There was like, which flavor of boring do you want? 
Do you want the gray hair boring? Or do you want the guy that's wearing the suit boring? Or do you want the guy that hates teenagers boring? But that's a youth pastor. That doesn't make any sense in the world. But I'm telling you guys, almost 10 years ago, that's what I had experienced. So, it was boring. There's a box. But here's the thing. When I was in high school, what was important to me what was how this box looked. It had to be pretty. It had to be fun. It had to be free pizza. It had to be uh, a live band. It had to be really cool stuff, like a, I don't know, a 3,000 foot slip and slide. If you were going to get me to church, that's what had to happen. Okay? Now, here's what I've learned. Over the last 10 years or so, teenagers have changed a whole lot. Okay? There's been like a generational divide, which makes me old. <laughs> Alright. So here's the deal. Where I cared about what was outside of the box in high school. The research is showing, and this may not be true for you, okay? So I'm not making a blanket statement. What I am saying is that I have done some research that says what you guys care about isn't this, it's what's inside the box. Okay, here's the deal. If we have like a party every Wednesday night, and if we gussy it up, if I can use an old person term, gussy it up, it doesn't matter. If the scripture, if the truth and the depth aren't there, what's inside the box has to be important. There has to be material. Truth and depth. Okay? Let me just, uh, this is the first time I'm asking this. How many would say that is true of me? I care less what the box looks like. And by the box, I mean church and God and faith and all that. But it has to be life changing. If it's pretty, whatever. But it has to be life changing for me. Would you raise your hand if that's you? Whoa. Maybe there's another generational divide that research had to come out of. How many would say the box has to be pretty? How many are just not even listening to me right now? Okay. So if you come to church, let me let me phrase it another way. If you come to church, and it's a really cool church, right? And it's it's Lots of fun stuff, and, and the youth pastor's hot. Sorry, you missed out on that one. Uh, but if all that stuff is happening, and I get up here and I say, here's seven steps to having a better life, or a better body, or a better car, or more friends. That's not life-changing, okay? In my history, in my, like, my high school, in my college life, I didn't care. I didn't care if you were telling me how to have more friends. As long as the thing looked pretty. Because church up till that point was just boring. It was just boring. So 2005 comes, right? And you guys, let me just tell you how immensely lucky you are. I have youth pastors all over the state. And I didn't have anything to do with this, so I'm not, this is not having anything to do with Mark Cox, okay? I have youth pastors all over the state that says, this building is awesome. And I, I see all those youth workers all the time committing to what you're doing. Like, I see them in every picture that's taken. They're in small groups. They're doing all this stuff. They're bringing food. They're giving up their time. And they're all like, how do you do it? I'm like, I don't know. I mean, God does it, I guess. You know, whatever. But the thing is, they're all coming. So, like, all these youth pastors are looking at something you have. And they're like, I want that. Can I have that? And here's what I've noticed. And this, this is where this three-month journey comes to a head. Youth ministry in Saline County has looked the same for about the last five years. In fact, it hasn't just looked the same. Everyone is doing it the same. So you have churches, well-meaning churches, well, awesome churches, not just well-meaning, awesome churches, churches that we network with, that we partner with, that, that you've been to, okay? I, I'll say, first of all, I love every single youth pastor in this county. There has not been a youth pastor that I've met that I didn't like, okay? Or pastor. There's not been many students that I hang out with that I don't like. But we're all doing the same thing. And we are all reaching the same 12.8%. While, we get serious for a second, 6,800 kids are dying and going to hell. Dying and going to hell. Living a life that's fun, doing what they want to do, and that's okay. There may be people in this room that have decided to step into faith with Jesus. And that's okay. We want you, we want you, we're glad you're here. But we want you to accept Christ. We want you to, to come and join us and know Christ. So we've been doing it the same. 
this whole time. I read a book by this pastor named Craig Rochelle that said, if you want to reach people, this is a long book, but I'm going to write it because it's still important. If you want to reach people, and this is where you come in, by the way, do no one else hot in this belt is reaching. You need to do things no one else is anything. You're so smart. Okay, if you want to reach people no one else is reaching, then you need to do things no one else is doing. I read that quote and it brought to my world. You know why? Because I look at all the youth ministries in Sling County that, again, I said I love. Guess what? We're all doing the same thing. We're all doing the same thing. We're all saying, hey, Wednesday night, it's all fun and stuff. Or Sunday morning or Sunday night, whatever it is. We want you to just come as you are. We want you to come to the big place. We want you to hang out. We want you to eat pizza. We want you to have fun. And we want to share the gospel with you. But we want you to leave knowing that you love. And that's a good thing. Okay? A lot of other churches are doing exactly what we're doing right now. Do you know that? Because some of you guys, you guys have been there, right? Like a lot of us have visited other youth ministries. Guy Springs is meeting right now. First Southern is meeting right now. Brandon Church is meeting right now. Midtown is meeting right now. Do you know what they're all doing? Exactly the same thing. So here's what I read. I read, if you want to reach people no one else is reaching, i.e. 6,800 students, we need to do things no one else is doing. So that's what we're going to do. How many of us are yet? I'll just tell you real quick, too. I'm the kind of guy that when, when something new comes out, I regret it. Okay? We're not going to wait until it gets popular to do it. Uh, also, I don't want to be an expert. Listen to this. I don't want to be an expert on knowing how church was done yesterday. I want to know what God is doing tomorrow. So we can get ready for that. And so what I want you to know is that what the rest of this board is going to hold is what God said, hey Mark, this is it. You need to go do it. Are you ready? No? Okay, we'll go home. That's cool. Oh, you guys are a tough crowd. I'm like, come on.
It's just this thing called grace that Jesus came to die like 1,500 years ago to talk about that and die on a cross. And so he did that. Guess what? He wasn't very popular. Like there was a bunch of people that were like, no, not cool. You know what happened? Like he started translating the Bible so people could actually read it because back in the day, they didn't have that. They just gave it to the smart priest because the stupid people couldn't read it for themselves. Not even lying. That's the truth. And so, so when he translated for people to read, he realized that the priests and pastors were lying to them. Like that you could, uh, you could pray for someone that had died and move them from like hell into purgatory. Like crazy stuff, okay? Stuff that they had been talking about. Stuff that you could pay the priests and earn your way into heaven. That's lame. And so he posted, he said, here's the Bible, here's what it actually says. One guy stood up for what he knew. And he didn't just talk about it. He didn't just think about it in his little room. He went out and did something about it. In the 1730s, there was another guy named Jonathan Edwards. Not a politician. I'm not going there. Okay. He started something called, does anyone know? The Great Awakening! Patrick, put the energy. The Great Awakening, give Pat a hand. Jonathan and a couple of his friends started something called the Great Awakening. Here's what happened there. It wasn't anything special. Here's what they did. They just started looking at the way things were doing and saying, you know what, this is busted. Like, this whole Christianity thing isn't working. So you know what? We're going to get out there and we're going to preach with passion. And thousands huh, of people got saved. How crazy is that? Thousands of people got saved. In fact, the historians are still saying today, some of them say a couple of different awakenings have happened since then, most of which are saying, that is the only time we've ever seen something that heavy. And nothing has happened like that since. Including today. Including when I was in high school. Including 1010 remakes. Including Sling County, who's only reaching a thousand kids. You know what a great awakening looked like in Sling County? 7,800 kids can say. 7,800 kids growing in Christ. So here's the deal. We need a system that does something different. And that's why we're here. We need a system that still allows us to do this. Meet students who are far from God. I'm sorry, I'm going to go this. Reach students that are far from God. Reach students that are far from God. The second one, like because the first one is obvious, the first one is why you're sitting in the seat right now. Except I would beg to ask you a question, what have you done about that? And this is not time for hands, this is not time for, what have you done about that in your schools? What have you done about that in your sports teams, or your classes, or your neighborhoods? What have you done to help your students who are far from God? How many times have you actually said, hey, I'm a Christian and I'm proud of it and I can tell you about it. And I'm not joking. I'm not going to like laugh it off. I'm serious because you need to hear this message. And some of us, I think, are not doing this message. You know why? Because we haven't really been changed. We haven't done something on the inside. We haven't let go of stuff. We got stuff in our closet tucked away that's topping God right now. And you know what? Is we've got students who are graduating. And this is the sad part for me because this is like why I do what I do. We've got students who are like pumped about Jesus, pumped about Jesus, graduation, don't care about Jesus, don't care about Jesus, don't care about Jesus. Okay? And I'm just going to say that, and that may be offensive to you because I know some of you have brothers and sisters who have graduated. Some of you have older siblings who are about to graduate. And you may think I'm talking about them. I may be, I may not be. Okay? I'm not quoting that name. Here's what I am saying is that we have had a system in youth ministry uh, in Saline County at large which invites students to come and watch. Just to come and watch. Come and sit in the seat. Right? It's comfortable. It's fun. We've got a band. We've got some videos. I see stupid things every once in a while. We'll be happy. There's a little bit of Bible. Right? Come and watch. Come and watch. 
maybe come on Sunday morning and get involved in a small group. But here's what this new system is going to allow.
Okay, so let's say that you got five people coming to your small group, alright? Let's even just say that those are five people from this room who are saved, sanctified, baptized, going to heaven, wear their tie, and bring their Bible on Sunday. That is not the vision for this, okay? So what I'm going to tell this person and this person is you need to go out and get somebody from that 6,800 over there and invite them. And you're going to share your faith with them. You're going to teach a lesson about Jesus, and you're going to point to Jesus, and you're going to tell them that they're a sinner. And that's tough, right? That's tough. And for the first time, you guys are going to be asked to be very open and honest about your faith. And there's going to be a system, though, where you're able to do it. Because how many times, let me, I, don't raise your hand because this could actually be kind of embarrassing for me. Uh, how many of you have ever left a Wednesday night and said, I know I need to do something, I just, I just don't know how I can do it. I just don't know how I can, I don't, there's not a system that I can plug into. This is what you do from now on. So this is the cell group, okay? The cell group meets in your home. There's food. There's, I don't know, modern warfare too. That's probably a bad video game to play, but we'll just roll with it. Uh, this is the cell group. Now, here's, here's, here's where this makes that 6800 number go away. When this group reaches 15 consecutively, like they've got, like for maybe a month, they've got 15 people coming. Maybe it's 20, maybe it's 30. Maybe your mom has ticked at you because you've got 70 kids in your house. <laughs> Praise the Lord if that's happening, okay? Here's what happens. How many know why I call it a cell group? You got an idea? It's like a cell in your body. What happens? Okay, let me tell you something. I want to, we're going to use a different word than split. We're going to use the word multiply. Because split is like bad, right? Split churches, split marriages. We're going to use multiply because split is bad. Because in this case, you're not actually splitting. It's not like two halves going this way so that they're smaller. There's, there's one thing that is multiplying in two equally same and larger units. So this leader comes over here. This co-leader comes over here. That's what happens with them. They're the leader now. Okay, so they're not the co-leader. They're the leader. They take this person who's ready to be a co-leader over here. They take this person over here who's ready to be a co-leader. And then they start reaching 15 more people. Now, this is where it gets exciting. Okay? We've got... I'm sure I should have asked somebody to do this. Does anyone have a rough estimate of how many teenagers are in this room right now? Let's just call it a, a what? More than 100? We'll call it 200 just because. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that. My bad. Just, but we're not going to do that. Uh, so here's the deal. Let's say we start with one cell that reaches 15 kids. Alright? How many kids do we have in here? 100? What's 100 by 15? Six? Seven? I don't know. I'm a new pastor. I'm not a bad petition. Okay? Let's say this. Let's, let's step it up slow. We have two cell groups. That meet and reach 15 students, that's 30. If you have 3, that's 45. Okay? If you have 10, that's 150. That's already more than we're reaching right now tonight. Okay? Now, how many people we have in this room? 100. Do you think we could pull out 10 leaders? I guarantee you we could. 10 leaders, that's like where we are now. 150, that's 50 more than we're reaching tonight. Now, here's the deal. Take that, bust that wide open once those grow. I don't think I need to tell you anymore. Still, we have 30 people that we can take out of this room and be self-employers? Heck yeah. So here's what I'm saying. Look at that. And we can start looking at this number and saying, forget you, Satan. I'm all about Jesus, and we're going to reach more students. Now, let me tell you something. Let me just cast a little bit of vision for you, okay? What happens if 450 students come to this building up once? We've got the firemen coming over here being like, y'all can't do this anymore, alright? This building is too small. So, what happens when we meet is we tell Tom, hey, we got 450 students. we got to, man, we got to have somewhere to meet. And he says, we'll move to the sanctuary. Get sanctuary. What would it look like 
and over and fifty teenagers got saved. What would it look like? Great Here's what we're going to do. We're going to meet in Selvers. And starting this summer, I'm going to start training some of you. I'm not going to train all of you because not all of you are ready. Let's just be honest. Not all of you are even interested in this. Some of you probably are very angry at me because you're like, I want Wednesday night remit service. And that's okay. There's Honestly, you know, there's other services if you want to go there. But there's a much better system that's going to be working on Wednesday night for us so that you can take what you've learned in your Bible, hopefully you've been reading that joker, and you can apply it. You can apply it. So every Wednesday night, we meet in homes. You know what happens here? Nothing. Participation. I've already said that like three times. Come on. What meets here? Nothing. So you guys are the leaders. You guys are going into your homes and you're saying, come on guys, and you're in school and you're like in drama class and math class and some of you guys don't need drama class because you bring the drama enough already. Uh, here's the deal. You're asking your friends, hey, I've got a group. And guess what? There's free food and there's video games. Maybe there's basketball before. Maybe we're just going to punch each other for a while. I don't know. And because you know, that's what guys do. Like, we're going to like see who's the king of the mountain. We're going to wrestle and we're going to like, there's going to be a black eye. There's going to be dislocated collarbones and all that kind of stuff. You meet every six weeks, though. Every six weeks we take a break from small groups or cell groups. What do we do? We come to this room to celebrate what's happened. So, here's what I fully expect to happen. Last year, we started off with about 125 students. You remember that? This last fall, we started off with like 40 in the summer. Right, I said, just get you 100. You got three weeks to do it. And y'all smashed it in the first week. You remember that? How many of you were there? And y'all were excited. By the way, is it exciting when, when like people show up to church? Is it exciting when people turn their lives over to Jesus? Yes. Yes, it is. If you do not know the answer, I will say yes. That is the answer to the test, okay? So every six weeks, we meet in this room, okay? Here, that is this room, right? Yeah. Uh, here's me. <laughs> okay, so there. Patrick. That's a joke on Yeah, I know, Billy. Okay, so here's the deal. That actually looks like a... Never mind, I'm not going to go that's, that's a, uh, So here's the deal. We meet in here. What happens if we start at 125, like, August 19th? And then y'all meet for six weeks. And then some of y'all call me on Wednesday night being like, I had two students that I invited to my cell group. And guess what? I shared my faith with them. I taught the lesson. I shared my faith they got saved. Guess what? I'm bringing them. Our baptism service is no longer baptized. Ten students, we may be baptizing 20 or 30. And if we, if we could just start here, okay, I actually think we're going to start here, but the thing is, is that's not going to last very long because there's more of y'all than five. So here's what I'm going to need you to do. Get ready. Get ready. Because this is no longer about coming and watch. This is no longer about that's the seat I sit in on Wednesday night. This is about taking your faith and putting it into action. If we took the hundred people that are in here right now, when we reach 15 per group, do I need to say how many that is? We just took the students in here and started tonight. And they all just fit tonight. And guess what? Y'all are like, man, that's a lot of people. Guess what? Look at Saline County. 6,800 teenagers. They're there. They're there. You're like in class with them. You're living next to them. You're on the bus with them. You eat lunch with them. You're playing baseball with them. You're playing football with them. Like, they're there. They're not here right now. We are killing something that's been working. And I realize that. You know what I love to do every week? You know what one of my highlights is every week? Being here with you guys. Not even joking. Not even joking. There's sometimes I'm at work, like pushing papers and stuff like that. 
And I wish that I could like get y'all all out of school and just come up here and have fun. I'm serious. Like this is one of my favorite things to do in my entire life. So what am I doing? I'm saying, you know what, I, I don't need this. I don't need this. I like to teach, I like to have fun, I like to meet with you guys. But what would I rather do? See y'all doing what God made you to do. See y'all taking your spiritual gifts test and saying, I'm good at teaching. Lead a group. I'm good at hospitality. You take care of food for the supper. You know what? Here's the deal. I think a lot of you in this room are saying that that is not me. Don't raise your hands. But how many of you are there? Now, that is not me. I'm not, I'm not a leader. I'm not a leader. You know what? I had a youth pastor that I met with uh, two weeks ago. We had lunch. I'm not going to tell you who this person is. You probably don't know. He said, that's never going to work. He literally told me, he was honest with me. He said, I'm just going to be honest with you. It's going to hurt. It's never going to work. I said, why? He said, because when you put that much responsibility on teenagers, they crumble. How many teenagers would make it different? How many teenagers would make it with your friend? Some of you, I understand this may be scary, and that's okay. This may be totally scary. How many of you, let, okay, let's just be honest, let's participate. How many of you are deathly afraid of sharing your faith with someone? Like even using the word Jesus in conversation. <laughs> and we're not talking about taking his name in vain, right? <laughs> not that. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna get on this. Okay, so we multiply. We take what we're doing and we multiply our efforts. No longer is it just Mark teaching. It's like there's youth pastors in the schools taking the classes named Emily and Bethany and Zach and Hunt and Alex and Rachel and all y'all. Y'all are the youth pastors and pastorettes in your schools so that when you go to lunch and you're sitting next to that person in line, hey, I got a cell if you want to come. Is that church? Uh-uh. It's at my house. Bring it on. And I'm not saying everyone's going to say yes. Here's what I am saying. For the first time, you guys are going to be expected to make sure that this happens. Let me tell you guys one more thing. The students that are graduating, the students that are dropping off when they graduate, number one, I would say that's about eight out of ten individuals drop out of church. They graduate from their faith. They go to college, there's no one watching after them anymore. They don't go to church, they don't do the devotion, they don't do any of that. They stop focusing on Jesus. Eight, to ten, eight out of ten students. Here's what happens. Instead of that happening, you guys learn how to lead your friends. You guys learn what spiritual leadership looks like. So instead of you graduating and looking, listen for me, looking for the next place to entertain you, Looking for the next place to sit in the chair and have a cool band and have a fat youth pastor, right? Or a college pastor, whatever you want to call it. Instead of that, you guys are going to be the leaders. You guys are going to graduate and you're going to be like, alright, where's my opportunities? i got to share Jesus. Where's my opportunities? Maybe I need to get plugged into that church. Maybe I need to get plugged in that church. Here's the problem with college students today. They're like zombies. And they don't have a clue where to go. Because you pastors have been concentrating on this junk for too long. We've been like, giving you guys pizza, right? Video games. And y'all yeah, got that stuff. But we're not going to focus on that. We're going to focus on what God made you to do. And what God created you to do. Because here's the thing. I was a teenager once. Right? About 10 years ago. I was a teenager. And if you would have told me that I would be leading a group, I would laugh at you. Because I would tell you a couple things about me. I'm not in my Bible ever. Okay? I got issues with people. I like to gossip. I like to backstab. Okay? I'm not good at relationships. I'm not like thinking about Jesus when I have a girlfriend. You know what I mean? And I, I care less to go to church. When I wake up on Sunday morning... I want to die because all I want to do is go back to sleep. The last thing I want to do is put on my khakis and my loafers and show up for boring preacher in a suit, bad hair, and ugly mustache guy. That was me, okay? 
And if you have told me at one point in my history in high school that I could lead a group, I would laugh at you. And some of you, in your heads and your hearts, are laughing at me right now. And all i got to say is just wait. The last thing I want to say, imagine, if you will, if this time next year, we were ramping down soldiers. It's about the summer. We're about to take a break. You're going to get a break over summer. You're not doing this year-round. You're going to get a break over Christmas and all that. Imagine this time next year. Let's say, instead of using this room, we had to use the sanctuary on Wednesday night because we had 450, 600 students coming because you guys got involved. Let's say all 100 people in here got involved. And let's just say you're even running half of this, 750. How do you think we'd be acting now? How do you think you'd be reacting now? What would future you tell present you? I know it's kind of weird. What would future you tell present you? And think about it this way. Last year at this point, how many of you were like, nowhere we go? You don't have to raise your hands, okay? How many of you would love to tell yourself a year ago, start focusing on Jesus because you're going to want this later. Now think about it forward thinking, okay? What would future you tell present you? Get involved in this thing now because this is what God is doing. So all I want to say is that this is what God has said. This is what God has said to do. And so I want to read a couple of scriptures for you that, that kind of are instrumental in this. I don't mean to tag these on at the end, but here's what I want to show you about these. I'm just going to read them here because I talked about them. In Isaiah 6, God is calling out to Isaiah and he says, Holy, holy, holy. I'm sorry, this is Isaiah talking. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of your glory. The sounds of their voices and the doorposts, the threshold shook. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm flipping out. This is the angels crying out to God. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Here's Isaiah. Woe to me, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. I'm a sinner, and I live among people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen, eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphs or angels flew to me with a live pole in his hand, which he had taken from tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, I know that's weird, we don't have time for that. See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. Then, here's the thing. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. This is Isaiah, okay, who has seen God. I would be willing to say that none of us have seen God. But I would also be willing to say that if we saw God, like we would crumble in our sin because we would know how dirty we are, so how much of a sinner we are. And so here's what he says. He says, you know what? You're ruined, I get it, you're crying, you're sad. Who's going to go for us? Who's going to be the one that we send? He said, here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. All this other stuff, let me get down to the bottom of it. 2 Timothy 2 says this, You then, my son, and this is, best, this is an old pastor who's about to die, talking to his younger pastors. Huh, that's similar, huh? I'm not about to die anyway. <laughs> you then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. Others. One book before that, here's what he said. First Timothy 4, 11 and 12. Command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because we're young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and purity. Don't let anyone look down on you because you Don't let that new pastor that I met with tell you that you can't do it. Don't. Don't. God told me, okay, this is just all I'm telling you. God said, hey, Mark, cell groups, this Wednesday night that you're doing, it's good. I need something else to work better. We're going to take this come and watch system. Right? And you're going to go home and, and maybe, maybe you remember what God taught you. Maybe you remember the scriptures. Maybe you wrote something down. Maybe. But instead of that, 
We're going to throw all that away and say, you know what? You guys, I'm passing the time on you. I'm passing the time on you. And instead of you guys struggling with your faith because you just don't know if you can have it, you're going to be leading a group every Wednesday night. And you're going to text me and you're going to be like, someone got saved in my group. I had no idea that would actually happen. Like, honestly, I was just doing this because of what everyone else is doing. And you're going to catch the vision to reach students who are far from God and help them know and grow in Christ. So here's what I want to say to you. Just pray. Just be ready. Just get ready. This summer, we're going to spend an immense amount of time preparing. My summer's, like, role just changed immensely because all I want to do we're going to have some fun. There's a couple of fun stuff we're going to do. We're doing a couple of church versus church stuff. We're going to play BNC, like catch the flag, and that's fun, stuff like that. But you know what we're going to do is I'm going to ask some of you to take your time and sacrifice it so that you can spend it with me. I'm going to train you to do this, and we're going to get started next fall. August 25th. August 25th. We're changing now, there's a whole lot more we got to talk about. We haven't even begun to talk about sentimental events. We haven't even begun to talk about what it takes to be a leader. And if you'll notice, there's a couple empty spaces on the other hand. So you need to come back next week. We can talk about the rest of it. We've got about three weeks till summer. And then we're going we're gonna to hit it off. We're going to do leadership training. Next fall, we're going to do weekly leadership training every single week. Every single week. You want to be a sovereign leader? You're at this meeting. You got practice? Sorry. Are you serious about it? Or not? Are you ready? Or not? Are you ready to do what God's called you to do? Or not? So that's it. There it is. Uh, I'm so excited about this. In fact, there was a moment there was a moment, I'm just going to kind of fill you in, I'm trying to weather the leader, what happens behind closed doors. Uh, there was this morning, uh, about a week ago, where I woke up, and I looked in the mirror, and the first thing I thought of was, why are you doing this? Why are you changing? Because this is life. This is life working. Like Wednesday night is fun. And I'm sure these students would be happy to continue meeting on Wednesday night. I'm sure they would be happy to, to be able to tell you, tell their friends about this service. And you know what? A lot of people already know the service is happening, so why are you changing? And Satan in that moment was literally trying to tell me to do something that God had told me to do. Do you guys remember a couple weeks ago where I talked about the mark that you're going to make and that God is going to make through you? And I said, he wants to like take you on this path. And Satan wants you to come over here and come over here. The wide path goes to destruction, but there's a small path, okay? There's a small path that God is the one who leads in. And there's only a couple who take God's path. It's narrow, okay? There's wide paths all over the place. There's, there's addictions, and there's, there's following Satan, and there's all this other stuff you can be doing. There's a narrow path. And I'm looking at a lot of the narrow paths, okay? I'm looking at you guys. And I stood in the mirror... And Satan himself, I really believe, or one of his minions or whatever, was saying, don't do that. That's difficult. Why are you going to change everything? Nobody's going to like that. The teenagers aren't going to get involved. And for a moment, I almost gave in because I hadn't told anybody about it yet. I hadn't told the youth workers. I hadn't, by the way, they know about it. I hadn't told anybody about it. And I almost caved. I almost said, you know what? I got a newborn and I don't know, i got stuff to focus on. And, you know, I like teaching these things. And, and we're making some headway. And we're making some momentum and progress. And it's growing a little bit. Kind of. Not really. And I looked at myself in the mirror. And I saw myself caving. And I said, you know what? Forget that. God told me in His clear voice as I know how. Something else could work better. Something else can work better. You got 6,800 kids out there who need Jesus. Who need Jesus? And I'm not going to do it. You know why? Because I sit up in a church building all week. Even if I were to come to lunches, even if we were to do like giveaways and stuff like that, 
It's not about what I can do. It's about what you guys can do. Let's not add anything. Let's multiply. Let's multiply. So I want you just to get prepared. Some of you, I'm going to be calling. Some of you, I'm going to be calling very soon. And I'm going to say, it's time. We're going to meet every week. And we're going to talk about what it takes to have you be a leader by August 25th. You ready? And you need to be prepared to tell me yes or no. If you tell me no, I'm persistent. I'm not going to quit. Okay? Just let you know. Just give you a little heads up. And here's what I think is going to happen. I think we're going to start with a couple groups. And I think that it's going to work. And I think we're going to need to start a couple more groups real fast. So a lot of you, here's what I need you to do. You're ready. I don't want excuses anymore. I don't want excuses. I don't want, and I haven't been reading my Bible, and you know, I just, I don't know, I don't pray very much, and I cuss every once in a while, and I've got this girlfriend, and I kind of, you know, don't have a really pure relationship. Here's what I'm going to say. That's an excuse. And you can run from God all you want. You can be the white path if you want. But that's not what 10 is all about. That's not what we're about. We're about following Jesus. So here's what I'm going to say. Get ready. Get ready. Because it's fall. We're moving. Okay? Scared? <laughs> I heard someone say yes. <laughs> here's the deal, guys. I'm excited. And you guys are allowed to be scared. You know what my accountability partners told me the first time I told them this? They said, you're going to get fired. <laughs> you are signing your resignation letter right now. You're going to get fired. You know, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I mean, let's call them on fire, man, or whatever, you know. But here's the deal. You know what I think? I think that that youth pastor that told me that y'all can't do this, you know what I think that is? Cover your cover, cover ears. That's bull crap. Y'all can do it. Yeah, that's funny. I said bullcrap. Okay. Y'all can do it. You know why? Because if you are saved in this room right now, guess who's inside of you? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Like the same Holy Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that in Acts 2 made like crazy stuff happen. And how many people got saved? Like 3,000, 15, I don't know, all kinds of people. And you've got that person in you. So don't look in the mirror and say, I can't do it. Don't let Satan and his demons get after you like that. Because we're going to be a youth ministry that changes things. We're going to be teenagers and we're going to be adults that get involved with what God wants for us, even when it's scary, even when it's risky, even when it's, it means like you have to ask somebody to come to your group. There's worse things happening, by the way. Asking somebody to come to the celebration. There's free food. I mean, oh, sorry, don't. It's, it's easy. It's easy. You're going to learn how to share your faith. You're going to learn how to do all that stuff. And I think that this time next year, we're going to have a whole bunch more students, and we're going to be excited about what Jesus is doing, rather than just coming to church and watching, and going home and doing the same thing that you've been doing. You ready? Yes. Let's do this.
Let us remain focused on you. Let us be used by you, not for our glory, but for yours. And God, I pray that some of the teenagers in this room who are uncomfortable because they don't want to be used in that way, I pray that you would break them. I pray that you would prepare us. God, that's all I ask. Break this down and make this ready. Break this down and make this ready. And God's